Welcome, everyone, back to Sam Sports Podcast. Today is Saturday, March 5th, 2016. For those of you who are listening on local radio, 610 AM ESPN Radio in Philadelphia, I had my first radio show today. That's right. Get yourself together if you listened. Hopefully your eardrums are still tingling from the beautiful noise that you heard there. I will be delivering more sports talk next Saturday morning again Local ESPN Radio, you can hear me online, 610amsports.com. But right now, this is Sam Sports Podcast, and we've got a special guest on the podcast today. I would like to introduce to you a very good friend of mine, longtime Houston Texans fan. This is a man who's rooting for the Houston Texans back when David Carr was the very first quarterback and was sacked more than any other quarterback on the planet. He was there to see the torch passing from Andre Johnson to DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know if there was a torch passing, but uh, as far as I'm concerned, DeAndre Hopkins is now the best wide receiver on the team. He saw the brief tenure of Ed Reed, and this man was at the game, first home opening game when Arian Foster ran all over the Indianapolis Colts. My good buddy, recent University of Houston downtown graduate in computer science, Sean Carey. Sean, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm really excited to uh, to have you on board. I've been, you know, I, I'm very passionate about football. I'm very passionate about the Eagles. Um, but the Houston Texans are, uh, I've got a lot of family in Houston. I've, I've got friends like you in Houston. I've got people who love the team. And I was exposed to it in a, in a much more intimate way over the last year or so. And uh, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the Texans, what they have. I mean, aside from some amazing players in J.J. Watt, and, uh, you know, they've got some other things to them which are really promising and exciting, and I wanted to bring a true Texans fan on here to get to pick your brain a little bit about, you know, this season, what the future holds, and, uh, you know, I just wanted to get some of your thoughts on this. Um, well, I'm happy to do that. Yeah, I really – let's just jump right into it. Let's talk a little bit about Arian Foster. So we know recently the news came out he was released – it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a shame. I shed a single tear. I don't think it's a surprise to anybody, but um, how do you feel as a Texans fan? What do you think the future is going to hold? And, and as a Texans fan, was this the right decision? Like, should they have just tried to, should they have tried to restructure the deal or something? Well, that's, there's a lot wrapped in that question, but you, you summed it up pretty good. Like it was, it was definitely a good run that we had with him, but the last couple of years have just, he's been hurt too much and we're, we're using too much money on him. So it's time to just kind of end that contract and try to go for something new. I mean, personally, I love Arian Foster. He's probably my favorite Texans player ever. Hard hitting runner, really hard runner. Just, and, and he, he runs with a, a smoothness that, I've I've never seen before mm-hmm. from at least from a Texans running back. Just mm. knows when to hit the holes, knows how to pace himself um leading up to uh the holes opening up. Um he excelled under Gary Kubiak's weird zone blocking scheme. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he, he had that stride that was perfect. He'd see the hole and he'd hit it and he'd go. Mm-hmm. And it was a beautiful thing to watch. And I'm gonna miss him, but at the same time We've been missing him the past two years anyway, yeah. so it's, it's I mean, it kind of was... just kind of time. And with running backs these days, you don't get a lot of tread after a while. And we'll just—I mean, we're, we're going to have to move on. Last year showed that we're really going to have to move on because we did not have anybody that was doing anything. I think our top running back had like not even 700 yards on the season. Yeah, I so. think it was Alfred Blue and and Chris Polk. Uh, yeah, really. Like 
we had a bunch of third string running backs trying to be starters that just was not working out. Yeah, and Foster, you know, I was really amazed that he even came back and played at all last season. Uh, I mean, to, to be coming back from a torn, a torn groin in the offseason, and not just the offseason, but that injury happened at the beginning of training camp. We're not talking yeah. about March <laughs> or April. This happened like in in August. It was that very first episode of Hard Knocks, oh I God. believe, that somebody came over and told O'Brien, uh, Foster's hurt, and it was just like, you could see on his face, like, up oh, here we go again. Here we like, go again. And, I mean, I'm still really blown away at how much Foster even – I'm, I'm sort of shocked he even played this season. Yeah, it was surprising, of course, then he went right back down with another injury. I mean, Pretty I, bad one. It's a testament to how much of an athletic specimen he is. Absolutely. I, uh, I recently listened to a um, – Michael Rappaport podcast. I don't know if you listen to it, but uh, Michael Rappaport's podcast called I Am Rappaport. Um, and he had Arian Foster on. I was like, I'm skipping through. You know, I don't listen to every single episode, but I'm skipping through it. He's got an episode with Arian Foster. I'm like, whoa, hold the phone. I got to listen to this one. Apparently, the two of them bumped into each other. They had a chance meeting, and he said, I'd like to have you on the show. And, you know, Arian talked a lot about his uh his athletic regimen how he was you know his physical training speaks very highly of his brother and how his brother uh I think is in the is like a runner you know a track and field type guy and he's someone who um his brother's sort of uh, training regimen is what has gotten him into the shape that he's been over the last handful of years uh, I mean, I just think that now, even with his amazing athleticism, we're just seeing the sheer wear and tear on his body. There's only so many groin injuries and foot injuries you can get before, uh, you know, I mean, this this game is punishing on someone's body. Absolutely. And there's only so much time that you can be relied on to be the entire offense of a team yeah. before your body's going to start breaking down. I mean, what was, uh, so help me out here a little bit of your, your knowledge of the team. Uh, so... The, the season when Schaub was throwing pick sixes like they were going out Ugh. of style. Okay. What, so Foster was – was he he wasn't hurt that season, correct? He I was believe still, not. I believe he was still playing. playing he was well. the bright spot who was trying to win those games as they yes. went from a division winner to a 2-14 and 14 team, correct? Yes. Yeah, oh. and that's, that's I think, the painful part. Don't mind part me. <laughs> that's the painful part is that he's – we're saying goodbye to this guy who has been the heart and soul of the team and the rock of the team when they had a few atrocious seasons that you don't even want to really remind yourselves of. Absolutely. And the fact that he's the the leading rusher of the team, the franchise history, yeah. and yeah. the second leading rusher has le a little bit less than half of his yards God. just shows how desperate the Texans have been to have anybody that's worth, like, anything on their yeah. team so and, and having is... him show up as an undrafted free agent was a revelation mm. Mm. and and to think now i think we can safely say you know the, the texans have not had an extremely long history of their franchise they are the uh, youngest no, franchise in the league right now so we can say i think you and i can say right now this is this is the greatest running back in franchise history right now. oh absolutely absolutely this is one of the the top three players i would say in franchise history if you go with Andre Johnson and J.J. Watt, and those yeah. are two tough acts to follow, but yeah. he's he's right up there with them and has produced like they have, but just not over quite as long of a stretch. It's it's weird to say that J.J. Watt has produced over a long stretch, but he has every season. So yeah. I I think we can 
you know, I don't think it would be hard for us to argue now that if, if we were retiring numbers in a Houston Texans Hall of Fame right now, those three guys would absolutely already be retired numbers. Top of the list. Top yeah. of the list for yeah. sure. And, uh, you know, the other thing I really liked about Arian Foster, you know, before we move on, I just love talking about him. He's such a great running back. He was so much fun to watch. Um, but from like, I, I know it's a little, from a fantasy standpoint, I loved him as a fantasy football player. I didn't care mm-hmm. whether he was kind of hurt, whether he was doubtful, whether he, you know, was questionable. This guy always found a way to get out onto the field and do something. Absolutely. And he would catch passes really well and uh, was our main touchdown scorer because we never threw to Andre Johnson in the red zone. We'd always just hand it off and let let Arian take him. He had plenty of two touchdown games that were, you know, a fantasy monster there. And and as you said, not just running the ball, but catching out of the backfield. It's just he was he was an every down back. Absolutely. In a league which is moving more and more away from every down backs and more of running back by committee. Yes, and the Alfred Blue that we talked about earlier, he made Alfred Blue look good because when you come in for a few plays after Arian Foster, teams aren't ready for it. They're they're huffing and puffing a little bit trying to slow down Arian Foster. Um, Where does Arian Foster go? I don't think his career is over. And I, I certain, agree. I agree. Yes. Yeah, so I, I, who do you I have think a feeling goes against him? He's, he's not he's not one that needs money. He's always talked about that. Mm-hmm. He's he said he's set. You know, he had he had that one big contract for 20 million. I think it was something mm-hmm. some uh, 20 million guaranteed, I believe it was. But mm-hmm. um, I I don't know. I'd, I'd say somewhere that's that's got a chance to win. Of course, I think he'd be willing to go for for not very much money. Mm-hmm. I think he likes winning. Um, he got a taste of the playoffs with us, you know, yeah. he was a big part of us getting to the playoffs the first time and the mm-hmm. second time, two years in a row. Um, so I look at teams that, that always need running backs, like, um, New England is yeah. a possibility. I was also thinking maybe, uh, uh um, the Packers, Green Bay Packers. I yes, know they have Eddie, Eddie Lacy, Lacy, well, yeah. after this season, this last season, who knows? God, that really uh, turned into a mess this year. I wouldn't be surprised uh, somewhere like Chicago because mm-hmm. Matt Forte is leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a no. That's a nice veteran in the backfield to absolutely. help out Jeremy Langford and, and get him on a cheaper contract than what mm-hmm. you were getting Forte for. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. A lot of these teams, the winning teams, aren't going to pay him that much. They're just they're going to give him a shot to come play for a good team. Mm-hmm. So uh, on the same vein of Matt Forte, if uh, Marshawn Lynch leaves, Seattle yeah. could be there for him. You know, and uh, so t- real quick. He's Marshawn Lynch is retired. Like, is that official? Is uh, that I, I, I won't believe it until the season starts. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sort of like, eh, how do I know he's not going to be like, ha ha, never mind. Didn't Carson Palmer retire at one point? Maybe because he wanted to get out of Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah pretty so much. Bad. But still, <laughs> he's like, listen, I'll retire. If you, you, don't yeah. call my bluff. I'm not yeah. playing for you. I don't know if any of these football players realize that there's like thousands of other football players waiting behind them ready to play. Yes. I mean, I, that's what I say. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think that's a good point. The Bears, the Packers, the Patriots, the, you know, and a lot of other teams, it's like you were saying before, you know, they don't value this position as much. They're not willing to open their checkbook that much to dish out money to a running back. And, you know, it's it's a shame. It's the NFL. Is Even as great as he is, he's got a couple mm-hmm. more years on him. He's got a lot more tread on the tires. I mean, they talk about tread on the tires with these running backs and – 
I mean, Arian Foster is definitely a car that's got over 100,000 miles on it. Yes, absolutely. And you can't deny that. And he's had, he's had a few parts breaking recently. Oh that not a lot of people want to put that investment there. And so that that's why I see him eyeing a, a, a playoff team, a mm-hmm. good team. Because mm-hmm. if he's not going to be making as much money, he's going to go somewhere where he thinks he can win. Mm-hmm. And maybe continue some of his commercials or whatever. Yeah. I'm really curious to see what he does because I think it's indicative of who he is as a person. Um, you know, is he someone who's so desperate to win a championship? You know, or is he someone who might be more inclined to go to a team that, you know, I think, okay, like I think of a team that's primed to win a championship. You know, you think of the usual suspects like the Patriots or the, or the Broncos or the Packers or the Seahawks or something. Um but sometimes I think of these other teams that are kind of in the mix that maybe Arian Foster is enough of a personality and a, and a classy guy that he would rather have a warm environment. Like I almost think of the Vikings. You know, Minnesota yeah. really shocked, I think, a lot of people this season with their defense play. Uh, you know, they've got a lot of young rookies or uh, ru- young talent on that defensive side like Harrison Smith and Everson Griffin who were, who were just sh- surprising the NFC and – you know, I don't think anyone predicted them to win the division over the Packers. Um, but Mike Zimmer, you know, there seems to be a feeling like guys like to play for him and like mm-hmm. to play for that organization. So I almost see, you know, listen, he's not going to go back up Adrian Peterson, but maybe he could go to a franchise like that because appeal, you know, maybe having that type of an organization and that environment appeals to Arian Foster. I- I'm just curious. I don't know. Oh yeah, I mean he's always been kind of a weird guy. Like yeah. uh, he, he's not he's not the typical NFLer. And, no. And I could I, I I see what you're saying, and I I could see him wanting to be a leader in the locker room, and sometimes that means you have to go to a younger team or a team that's not established in its uh, in its winning ways per se. Like mm-hmm. I could I could see him doing that. He he's he's. A, He's a strange guy, he, but he's he's my kind of strange guy. I always loved hearing him talk, loved hearing his interviews, and and he speaks his mind, you know. And and he's classy, but he's also a leader. He's class, yes, yes. exactly. He's classy. He's not afraid to say things that people don't want to hear, but he's not going to say it in an outlandish or mm-hmm. um, controversial way necessarily. Mm-hmm. And and let's be honest here. He, I don't really know if he's gotten into trouble off the field. Like, uh, has he really done anything to make headlines in a really negative capacity for himself? Uh, he had a um, a mistress of sorts, I believe, that had some it got some tread here in the Houston uh, media, mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. sensationalism, but yeah, so, uh... that, that was about it. Uh, nothing, no drugs, no no guns. Nothing. So he's a man, is what you're telling me. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Um, but but bef- he had billed himself as quite a, a family man before that, so it was a little mm. stain on his reputation, but nothing nothing that should affect his uh, status within the NFL, at least. Or or his status as being a longtime you know legend of the Houston Texans at this exactly point. exactly. Uh, all right, so let's move on a little bit. I could go on about Arian Foot. I love him. <laughs> yes, so I, much. I could gush all all night long about him, dude. He's, he's just. He's, he's... So good at what he does. I just you Absolutely. don't see runners like that all the time. We're gonna miss him. Uh, quarterback. <laughs> so Brian Hoyer <laughs> threw uh, four interceptions in the in the playoff game. How many? Yeah. How many interceptions against the Chiefs? I'll I'll, I'll look it up while we're talking. But <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna look it up here too. So okay, 
what what's his contract situation right now? Is he under contract we, for I next year? I believe he signed a two year deal, so this would be. Um, so he's still under contract. Yes, yes, okay. he signed a two year, ten point five million dollar contract. Okay, which means we've got him one. We got to stick with him one more year, it appears. Okay, and, and but hey, uh, five million dollars for a quarterback is not a ton. You know, considering what he did, I think there is some. Uh, you could put a lot of complaints regarding some of his play, at least in the playoff game. But as a whole, you, if you think of the whole season and you sort of look at it as one big, you know, subject, uh, you know, content to look at, he did play pretty well. And to get a quarterback like that for $5 million is pretty nice. Yes. Well, I mean, and with the carousel that we had going on last year, oh, it, it was amazing for him to be able to keep some semblance of confidence and and want to go out there and play for this team anymore so i, I mean, mean especially I, after getting benched for mallet in week one. Oh, that well i mean he threw a couple interceptions and and everyone started to see the the signs of matt schaub all over again so <sighs> people were booing and it it was bad but it's like uh, matt schaub got a virus you know when he you know when he came in for baltimore last year he kept throwing pick sixes oh yeah he's oh. got the bug he's got the pick six bug it's just it's it's, it's not going away it's like a staph infection it's like one of those MRSA infections <laughs> you hear about the guys in tampa bay get it on their yes. foot and they're like i can't get rid of it it can't it won't go away they thought it was athlete's foot but nope just nope pick six itis <laughs> Um, so who else do they have on their roster uh, b uh, besides Hoyer? Mallet's not on the roster anymore. Uh, Tom Savage was hurt last year. Tom He's Savage a guy we was draft, hurt. Uh, that O'Brien drafted his first mm -hmm. season here. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess TJ Yates did he tear an ACL? I think he tore an ACL. He got hurt somewhere somewhere in the middle there. Even mm -hmm. even if he's a torn ACL, he's going to miss next season. Most likely, yeah, and yeah. he 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 probably won't play much. Even if he was, we're gonna we're gonna try Ryan Mallet as long as we can. And you mean Hoyer? Rob, or I'm sorry, yes, Hoyer. Uh, we Ryan, tried Ryan. Ryan Mallet as long as we could. Oh, and got, yeah, yeah, you we, did. We took care of that, but you know we'll probably end up drafting somebody. It's just whom do we draft, and are they gonna be able to play? Before, you know, next year, or is is O'Brien gonna want Hoyer to keep playing and have this? person uh you know watch from the bench how long do you think hoyer keeps the job like okay does hoyer start 16 games next season oh no there's no way i don't think he stays healthy 16 games if he even really? if he was the starter the whole time because he did he have two concussions last season i i believe I think he did oh so, yeah he, he went out for a while and we were just bringing in every quarterback. Yeah, there was. I know he did get a concussion, I think, later in the season. He missed a game. I think that's when they brought in TJ Yates. Because I think they needed someone to at least start. And I right. think I think Hoyer missed like a week or two due to, due to the concussion. Um, that sounds right. Uh, that, that sounds about but right. But bringing in TJ Yates was actually not a terrible idea. He's got a lot of uh, fan credit, at least. Mm -hmm. He won us our first playoff game. So. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, familiarity with the team. I, Sean, I say this a lot on my podcast, which is can't devalue familiarity with a team. Basketball, when you trade a basketball player to another team, there's not a dictionary-long phone book of a playbook that you need to learn. 
football, there are so many plays, there's so much nuance, there's so many split-second decisions that need to be made that you can't just bring in a player and insert him. I think the only position maybe that can kind of get away with that is running back. And I think mm-hmm. the position mm-hmm. that can't that can get away with it the least is quarterback. And so you bring in TJ Yates and at least he knows the coaching staff. He has a pretty good semblance of the playbook. He's been in training camp before. He knows the guys. He knows the usual suspects. He knows the equipment manager. I say this a lot. Like he knows where the water cooler is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. And you even said it. He's got street cred with the fan base. You know, for better or worse, this man won the first playoff game for the Houston Texans. And, you know, you can never take that away from him. Uh, So I kind of like that they brought him back. And you know what, man? You keep his number on Rolodex. Absolutely. You're going to keep him on the practice squad. Maybe he'll get a shot at another team somewhere else. Heck, that just means he's another guy who's primed to be called in in November or December because of an injured quarterback for another team. Absolutely. And that's that's, that's not a bad thing to have in your hip pocket. I like, you know, I like TJ Yates. Wish, you know, wish he would have... you know, uh, not gotten the injury because then you yeah, know, I absolutely. think there'd be a little bit more confidence having him uh, be the backup coming yes. into this. Season. Well, and and Tom Savage feels a lot like him too. Tom Savage could be someone that you know could get us through a couple games. I don't know if he's going to end up being a starter at, at any point in his career, but mm-hmm. um, I he was in he was put on IR last year uh, mm-hmm. during training camp. Yeah, probably could have come back when we need when we were going through our carousel of quarterbacks, but. Uh, had been put on IR, so was not allowed to come back. So I, I would like to be able to at least give him a shot, especially if Brian Hoyer is not playing well at the beginning mm-hmm. of this season. Yeah. I'd like to at least see what Tom Savage has. Yeah. Uh, you know, we gotta we gotta throw him into the fire at some point and see what he's got. And the reality is, the future is not Brian Hoyer. He's a he's yes. a stopgap measure to the true franchise quarterback. I think the contract that he signed showed before he ever set foot in Houston that he was not the long-term answer. Mm-hmm. He got a, a $10 million con- dollar contract for two years. That's not a lot of you know faith in you to be the, the savior of the franchise or anything. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the watered-down poor man's version of the contract Sam Bradford just got from the Eagles on the Eagles threw a lot of money at him. Right. But... But it's that thing of like, listen, you're good, and you know we need somebody to do the job right now. We can't just trust some third-round quarterback. Exactly. Yeah, right out of the draft. Uh, better the devil you know. Yeah, right. At least there's some confidence that he won't turn the ball over left and right and at least be able to throw some touchdowns. You know, it, enough can't be said for some of these quarterbacks. They cannot get on the field and simply start a game. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sam Bradford is a, is a prime example of that. Uh, uh, it's hurt, it seems, every season. Oh yeah, he can't he can't get through an entire game. But I'm talking to go even further. I'm talking about the the second and the third string quarterbacks where you sit here and you go, I can't even trust that this guy can play the position. Period. Yeah, um, if if all he's going to be doing is handing the ball off and throwing basically horizontal passes, what's the point? Yeah, the uh, the quarterbacks that come to mind are uh, uh, the Brandon Whedon. Uh, Mark we had, Sanchez. We, we threw him in last year. I remember. Oh, oh my man. God. I mean, a dude who was cut by the Browns. I mean, you know, and then, mm-hmm. and then, like, oh God, talk about a journeyman. But, but those guys, these guys where even in the most dire circumstances, playing against one of the most terrible defenses, they can't, you know, get that third down pass. 
they can to save their lives they can't do it i mean i i think about people that are that are drafted high up in the draft like oh, um God. like brandon whedon brandon whedon yes there's so many times that the teams freak out and and have to have the quarterback right now names like uh christian ponder oh, God. or um who was in jacksonville Oh, uh, 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 Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert. Oh, my goodness. Who might have a renaissance in San Francisco, but let's let's not take away the fact that his time in Jacksonville Uh was pretty forgettable. Was that the same year Jake Locker was drafted? I believe, I believe it was. I think it was, and, Another and he's out of the league now. But, I mean, you can't you can't fault him for concussion issues. That's not... No, he, not he definitely had a lot of injury issues. But to yeah. go on the same vein of the Tennessee Titans, Zach Mettenberger. Oh man, JJ yeah. Watts whipping boy. Yeah, another guy who just he's like JJ Watts selfies, like why don't he's like you? he's give me a sack lunch. I'm, 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 yes, like, indeed. Get him in there just to slam into these quarterbacks. He's like, who else are you gonna throw at me? Um, Sanchez, I definitely I keep thinking Sanchez when I think of forgettable backup quarterback. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, another one. Uh, EJ Manuel. EJ Manuel, Buffalo. Oh, when they reached and, and took him. I believe that year was one of the they, worst. That was Geno Smith as well. Yes, that was a bad year for quarterbacks, and Buffalo reached for E.J. Manuel. You're mm-hmm. correct. Um, shift gears just a little bit. Let's get away from All the right. quarterback position for a second. Um, let's, uh, you know, let, let's talk about a positive part of uh, the Texans' offense. Let's talk about DeAndre Hopkins briefly. Oh, absolutely. He's probably the brightest spot of the, the Texans' offense right now. I mean, he... This guy, just a phenom. He caught the ball from all of these scrubs last year. Absolutely. He was the only one catching the ball, it seemed. You know, I was watching on ESPN. There's a highlight of this crazy. Sorry about that. That's all right. Whatever. There's a highlight of this. Of course. Tell the cat I say hello. Uh, I will. Uh, So there's a highlight of this crazy one-handed catch that DeAndre Hopkins makes all the way down the middle of the field. And half the reason we don't see this highlight all the time is because it was a a catch that was negated by, like, I think an offsides penalty or an offensive holding penalty. But it's this ridiculous one-handed a la Odell Beckham catch by DeAndre Hopkins. Falling backwards, sticks his hand out, and the ball just sticks into his hand, and he those fingers are, are tightly gripped on it, but just one hand, and it's oh, it was a beautiful thing to watch. It's almost a little sad that he kind of gets forgotten a bit being in the It's uh, the It's AFC Andre South. Johnson 2.0, man. It's, that's that's what Andre Johnson was like here. Just, he was he was a spectacular player who, because the rest of the offense couldn't really do much, he was the only one doing it, and he just kind of got lost in the shuffle of the rest of the NFL. Carving out this Hall of Fame career only to you know be just be catching the ball from the guy who's who's stocking the shelves at the local grocery store. It was just oh it, yeah, it, I, it was it was sad. It was sad to see Andre go, but you you wanted him to do better, and he'll always be our number one, our first Hall of Famer, most likely, and probably yeah. And uh, it was it, it seeing seeing Hopkins having to deal with the same kind of thing is is pretty sad. I hope. Mm-hmm. I hope we can find him an, a real number two receiver. That was the thing. When yeah. Hopkins was first drafted, we were like, yes, finally, we have two receivers that can do something. Mm-hmm. They can catch the ball. They mm-hmm. can run. And we thought that they were going to be this tandem for the next couple of years. And then next thing we know, Andre's not happy. And, yeah. I mean, his career was coming coming to an end. It's, but just, it's timing, you know. Uh, yeah, we Andre had a terrible was... season. Mm-hmm. Right as the end of his career showing up, he wants to win. I don't blame him. So... 
that's the thing. No one in Houston really blames him. We we were a little upset that he went to our our most hated rival, yeah, the Indianapolis Colts. But I mean, it, you can almost say it bit him in the butt a little bit. It, that quickly yes. washed out. It's it's official yes. to, to those listeners out there. It's official. Andre Johnson has been cut after one year on the Indianapolis Colts. Very disappointing season with the Colts this season. Although the whole Colts team was a mess this year. Yes, absolutely. That allowed us to get in the playoffs, so I'm not planning. You're done right about that. (laughs) Uh, But back to DeAndre. Yeah, uh, please. His first season with us, it it took a game or two, but everyone started to see, okay, we we drafted the correct person here. He's, he's, he's He's a damn good player, and he's fun to watch, and He's, he learned from Andre Johnson. He learned the good things from Andre Johnson. He keeps his mouth shut. Yep. Um, he works really, really hard. Mm-hmm. He's always one of the first guys out on the field mm-hmm. um, stretching and getting ready for the game. It's it's nice to know that we had them together and that Andre was able to uh, shape this, this guy as a player and as a man, you know, mm-hmm. within the NFL. Like, he, yep. knows, he knows his place. He knows that... Um, you know he can he can have fancy clothes and fancy cars and stuff, but he doesn't need to be out getting in trouble. And you know he can he can have all the things he wants and still be um, a top flight receiver. He doesn't need to be going the route of T.O. and Ocho Cinco. Absolutely, you know, get your popcorn ready, making a scene, calling out his quarterback, saying why haven't I gotten the ball yet? Now DeAndre has had moments like that, but it's all just you know things you see kind of on the sideline it's mm-hmm. never it's never in the, fl- in the public in the flow of the game exactly He's exactly not airing his dirty laundry in the press conference exactly you can see frustration on his face sometimes but not in his press conferences really mhm mhm that's i i really i'm i'm excited to see him continue to play i i really hope that they build more of a team around him so that you know he's offered more opportunities to thrive offered an opportunity to get to the playoffs and you know i don't i don't want to see him be catching footballs from from you know, second string quarterbacks his entire career like Andre Johnson did. I I'm right there with you. We need to get somebody in here and get it, get them working together as soon as possible so that they can have a fruitful next five years together and get us to the playoffs every year. And we got to pounce on this opportunity while Indianapolis is having terrible times. And because yeah. Indianapolis, you know, going from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck, it's like they never missed a beat. It was oh man. You know, and last... we saw it coming too. As soon as they they were gonna have the first pick in the draft that year, we were just like, "Oh great, here it's all happening again." You know, and just to see so many teams get the first pick in the you know about getting the first pick in the oh, draft, do. And then to see a team like the Colts just go and just it's like the it's like the San Antonio Spurs when they drafted Tim Duncan. You know, the year before <laughs> they drafted Tim Duncan, they were god awful. Yes, and they were. Lo and behold, they won the lottery the year that one of the best players in the NBA shows up. Uh, probably one of the uh, probably the best power forward that's ever played. So yeah. and and they looked you know, out there. The Colts just happened to have that atrocious season right when Andrew Luck showed up. Oh, Peyton Manning's hurt. Oh, that's too bad. We're just gonna get Andrew Luck instead. That's fine. And then they were able to. Um, Part ways with Peyton Manning, freeing up a ton of cap space. So much. And whether or not that's going to work out for him in the long run, but still, they were able to have this this room to to build the team around. And I just hope that we can stay competing with them while JJ Watson is prime, while DeAndre's in his prime, and hopefully, well, when we get some real quarterback in here in his prime. Yeah. 
I, uh, I, the thing I will, uh, you know, I'll throw your way because I do this. I don't, I don't do it all the time on my podcast, but I do pick out um, the uh, Colts quite a bit because the Colts are really – they've been ter- – Ryan Grigson, the GM of the Colts, has been particular about signing uh, kind of big-name free agents in the offseason as a way to improve his team. And in years past, I've been very skeptical about its effectiveness. I think he has had a lot of whiffs on certain big uh, free agent acquisitions in the offseason. You know, they brought in Frank Gore. They brought in uh, Andre Johnson. They mm-hmm. brought in Trent Cole. They brought in Todd Harris. You know, very big on like saying, oh, we're just going to go get these guys and kind of plug them in, which I don't think is a good way to develop your team. I think the best way is to draft and kind of bring them up from the bottom uh, and what you're seeing is, uh, you know, even though they freed up all that cap space by getting rid of Peyton Manning, I think in some regards they squander it too. And I think that they're going to need to lock up Andrew Luck. Uh, they're going to give him just about every single, you know, dollar they have left in their cap. And as a good thing for your uh, Texans, I think it's going to put them in a cash strap spot where they're probably going to have a few street free agents come in and fill the gaps and it's going to lead for opportunities in those divisional games for your Texans team. That's just my take on the Colts. Well, let's hope so. Yeah. It sounds like you think they're, they, they kind of try to follow the Patriots model, but they just never succeed at it. Kind of, kind of. Well, I think the Patriots are a little bit better at producing uh, quality play out of free agents who are now on their second or third stop than the Colts are. You know, Bill Belichick. People, the, the names, name players that other teams have kind of given up on. Mm-hmm. And and they, and Bill Belichick knows, and listen, there are some names who show up there who don't work out, all right? Reggie Absolutely. Wayne was in the Patriots uh, training camp this past offseason, and you know what? He probably couldn't do it anymore because Bill Belichick's like, uh, that's great, you can leave now. <laughs> we've, is, we've seen enough. Move yeah, on. We've, thank you. Thanks a lot. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, you mentioned J.J. Watt. Let's move to the defensive side of the ball. J.J. Watt, greatest defensive player since Lawrence Taylor? Uh, absolutely. He's Better than got, Lawrence Taylor? Uh, different. Different, okay. It, it's it's just different. It, they play different positions. I mean, yeah. it's it's not the same. Um, J.J. Watt just, it, oh, my goodness. It's it's ridiculous watching it's this guy play. It's yeah, amazing. It's, and I've he's never, exciting to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the batted balls, the the crazy dances, all sorts of things that he does is the just touchdown catches. I mean, he's on yes, the offensive absolutely. side of the ball now. He he shows up at the most ridiculous times, and I mean, going back to um, that first playoff game I was talking about, um, the TJ Yates one for us. Yes. That was JJ Watt's coming out party. I believe mm-hmm. we were we were kind of tied or close to being tied. Um, it was almost halftime. Uh, the Bengals had just gotten the ball back. They're trying to trying to produce a a quick two minute drive to try to try to get them some points right before we go to halftime. JJ mm-hmm. uh, Watt's rookie season. What does he do? He bats the ball straight up in the air, comes right back to him, and he runs it in for a touchdown. God. That was the moment that I knew. Okay, we've got a player here. This is this is it. And after that, the next season, what does he do? Defensive Player of the Year. God has ridiculous amounts of sacks and just keeps knocking the ball down like standing right in front of the quarterback he's just got this this knack for knowing what to do at the right time and it's it's amazing to watch i've never seen anything like it God, 
it's just so exciting to see a guy like that show up and just make such an impression on the entire football team. Absolutely, and the really the whole NFL. Yeah, I've seen I've seen tons of players trying to emulate him, trying to trying to jump in front of the quarterback when they know they're not going to quite make it, so they can try to bat the ball down. I see them just wanting to play like he plays, and it's it, you just can't. And he, it's amazing. I don't know I don't know any other way to say it. It's no, it's it's a beautiful thing to watch, and I I can't I can't gush enough about this guy. He's he's gonna be our most memorable and uh top player probably for many many years to come i mean i completely agree he has absolutely taken the whole uh, uh league by storm you know i i was just uh, remarking to campbell uh the other day uh, or at least during i think the the end of the season about how uh the papa john's commercials were sort of being passed <laughs> from peyton manning to jj Watt. yes you know, at that point crazy. peyton wasn't playing there was like he might never play again because you know was, i think it was a bit of a surprise that kubiak inserted him in week 17 and then rode peyton all the way through the super bowl i, I was pretty much ready for peyton to be done at that point and it was around then that jj watt starts showing up in the commercials i'm like oh <laughs> they're they're just they're just passing the torch. They're just saying, ah, you guys, mm-hmm. Peyton's not playing anymore. JJ's the man. All right. It's uh, so JJ, do you like Papa John's pizza? He's like, yeah. Who doesn't? I mean, you're paying me enough to say this. It doesn't All right. matter. <laughs> and he's, you know, uh, for you and I in the Houston area, I don't know how many people out there know the HEB uh, grocery store chain, but he does a lot of HEB commercials. You can't go to the HEB grocery store without seeing huge banners of J.J. Watt oh, everywhere. Oh, absolutely. Big cardboard cutouts. Like, mm-hmm. there's, there's um, I think certain products are even named after him now. Like oh, my God. J.J. <laughs> uh, Watt Steaks or something like that. Just, I mean, he's he's everywhere. As he's, dude, he's, uh, he's, he's exciting to watch. Um, to compare him a little bit to a few other defensive players out there. So, uh, Ndamukong Sue, Gerald McCoy. Like, would you have either one of those guys over J.J. Watt? Oh, hell no. There's no, no way. There's no way. Not even close. For one thing, they get in trouble. They, they, you know, they do. They, they do things that just it makes no sense. Like, J.J. Watt will occasionally get a um, personal foul, you know, for working a little too hard through the play and just hitting the quarterback for no hitting the quarterback what. too hard yes but uh he's not stomping on anyone's face you know he's not uh he's not doing things that you would consider dirty he's Cleating just people like in Dominican right in indeed he's just he's just working and playing so hard that sometimes you just still want to hit the quarterback you know yeah. it's not it's not really dirty it's just uh it's football it's flow of the game yeah it's football he's not He's not going out of his way to try to injure anyone. And and just like we were just discussing, his off the field is he is the the pretty much the perfect player that you want on your team. You know, he says all the right things to the media. Mm-hmm. He's um he he works hard all the time. He's mm-hmm. always focused on what he's putting in his body, how he's working out. Like mm-hmm. he wants to be that that first guy there, last guy to leave. That's yep. that's like his goal and to have someone like that on your team, that's that's hard to replace. You can't you can't uh, devalue that. That's that's a big deal. The fact that he is that good and he wants to be the leader, like yeah. he wants it so bad. And to have that on your team, you can't. There's there's no replacing it. I don't want someone like Sue that's that's um, 
kind of a hothead. Sort yeah. Of. He's, he seems like a nice guy and, you know, one like a, if I was to meet him, he'd probably be a really nice guy. Or I whatever. agree. But still, like, he's he's got a bit of a temper. He's got, uh, you know, some a, little, a few issues that J.J. Watt just gets A pluses. Yeah, J.J. Watt feels a little bit more down to earth where Indomitian Sue feels very no-nonsense. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, and I, I just, I completely agree. I'd, I'd love to have J.J. Watt. I, you know, I mean, and you said it, he's not just a player. You can't go get a street free agent and replace what he brings to your football team. Not even close. We not need, even close. Not, nowhere even close. Like, the fact that you put him in the same sentence as Lawrence Taylor just shows he's a different kind of player. He's a transcendent player. Yeah. He's... He's on his. He's on track to be an all-time great. Like, he's already got three Defensive Player of the Year awards, and and I don't think I think we've that's seen that's his a tie for the yet. record. I think yeah. I think he's still on. He has not peaked yet. Yeah, he's not peaked or plateaued. Uh, teams are teams kind of figure him out a little bit. So what does he do? He just kind of changes up his his uh, moves a little bit and still finds his way to the quarterback, even when he's the only guy on the team that oh seems to be able to make it there. And he still gets there. I mean, we were watching that Hard Knocks thing, man. He was the first one in and the first one out. I think that first episode showed him there first thing in the morning and showed him there at the very end at 10 o'clock at night. And you know what he does as soon as he's done? When he's done doing all of his stuff, he goes and signs autographs for an hour. Yep. yep. He loves the fans, and the fans love him. Franchise player. Absolutely. Cornerstone. Cornerstone cornerstone couldn't have put it better myself very well put sean i like that i like that cornerstone yeah cornerstone yeah yeah, yeah. um uh, we just got to find those other corners to, to finish the building <laughs> uh you know actually since we're talking about jj watt i shift a little bit to another defensive piece jadavian Clowney. <sighs> so uh, okay i don't okay number one overall pick we're now this will be what season three i believe so yes we're, so we've seen two seasons a lot of injuries, certainly a lot of speculation surrounding um, his initial injury coming into the league when I think he had, was it microfracture surgery on his yes, knee? Yes, yes. So he he even... played one game, I believe, and then they shut him down and, and, made him, and he got the microfracture surgery after that. Now, there was even talk then that a surgery like that is hard to come back from, period. Uh, you know, let alone the beginning of your career. Um there, there were some bright spots last year. He's definitely been able to at least get on the field. I guess my question for you is, can we say he's a bust yet? Or are we not there yet? I think this season will determine that. I think okay. if he comes back and has a, has a healthy season and can f- make some plays, I mean, that's the thing. We're, we've seen flashes of what everybody said we were drafting him for, but it's never been a consistent thing. It's never been something that we can rely on. It's always just, is he cleaning up J.J. Watt's scraps or is he making the play himself? It's hard to tell sometimes. And 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 with J.J. Watt right next to him making as many plays as he does, it is hard to say, well, was that that just a product of what J.J. Watt did on that play or did he actually flush the quarterback himself? Exactly, and we've we've been wanting to see a tandem. You know, we want that. That's that's what we drafted him that for. That was the plan. That was the whole plan. I don't know how well it's working out right now. It it's it's still. I'd say the jury's out still. Like, do, do you after think this, they 
do you think they move on from him after this season? Uh, if he gets hurt, if he underperforms, if he plays 16 games and has two sacks, I would get rid of him. Okay. He's he's not worth the money yeah. that he's that he's going to ask for, and because um, this is this is around the time that you start considering, oh, are we going to try to re-sign this guy before he um, before his rookie deal? Before runs he out. right, exactly before he walks, or or are we going to let him walk? And I think they'll let him walk after this if if. Uh, if he if he just has a ho hum season, yeah. they're not gonna pay him. If he yeah. if he comes out and has ten sacks, pay him. You know, yeah. like he's he's a physical specimen. Like yeah. he he can run so fast for a man his size and and has um has good moves and stuff. We just need to see it consistently. We need to see it every single game. We need to see him at least you know, getting to the quarterback, getting the running backs, like uh, keeping them from having, you know, three and four yards every single play. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and and he's he's shown signs. He's shown signs of being pretty good against the run, being being able to kind of uh, go out on the flats if needed. But but we need to see it consistently. It's yeah. it's just that it's, it's he's been, been so flashes. injured. And, yeah, it's always been flashes. He's either been injured or just invisible. Yeah, it's it's time to put up or shut up. And... I mean, I I think I I think of good plays because I've seen Jadavian Clowney make good plays on the field, but my my memory of that play is always immediately following. He, he's taken out of the game for some reason, and then he actually misses the rest of the game. Exactly. You know, it's like, like oh, he, he had this great something, or he sprained yeah. something, like or... he had a great sack in the first quarter, and then the second quarter he he twisted his ankle and was questionable for the rest of the game. Yes. That that's that sounds very familiar. Yeah, it sounds like a very common tale when it comes to Mr. Clowney. It's a little disappointing. Yes. Um, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about this. I'm gonna the, um, the only other things I'm gonna hit you with a couple more questions, then I'll let you go. Um, uh, real quick, your your feeling about the offensive line for the Texans? Uh, do you feel good about the offensive line? Do you feel bad about the offensive? Line? I feel bad. Okay. Last year. Our our offensive line was not good. I mean, it showed in the running backs. They yes. they were not able to produce. The, I agree. Uh, we we brought in uh, or we moved, I believe, um, Brandon Brooks from guard to center. Yeah, did did not work out in my no, opinion. No. He's he needs he needs to go back to playing guard. Yeah, he's for good. one thing. He's good. He's, yes, yeah. He was he was a very good guard. Uh, or no, it was Ben Jones. That's right, Ben Jones that we moved to to center. Right, go right, back to playing right. guard. Brandon yes. Brooks is the guard that Brandon Brooks uh, is great. That well, last season he was a little iffy. I, uh, but I think he, he might be the best offensive lineman there on that line. Well, if are we are we talking about uh, Dwayne Brown though? Well, Dwayne Brown is 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 amazing, but is he, amazing once again. Achilles. He's got to stay healthy. Yeah, exactly. He had a torn Achilles in the last game of the season, I believe, oh, last man. year. And, and if he's even, is he even going to be ready for yeah. the beginning of the season? No one know knows. Like, I think he's thing, also so. got a monster cap hit as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He we paid him big time, so he's not going anywhere. It's just we got to wait for him to be healthy. So I am not feeling very good about uh, the Texans' offensive line because of things like that. And I, listen, I hear you on the same uh, sense that my Eagles, uh, Jason Peters, one of the best left tackles in the game. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. but he's dealing with injuries and he's dealing with age right now. And I think you're seeing the same thing with Dwayne Brown. By the Dwayne way, Dwayne Brown, yeah, absolutely. I'm looking at a overthecap.com right now. I don't know if you ever go to overthecap.com, but it's really Occasionally, great. Yes, really great at like breaking down cap numbers and stuff. Uh, Dwayne Brown's cap hit for next year is nine and a half million dollars. <laughs> um, they actually, if they cut him. They save seven million dollars, and they only have a dead money cap hit of two and a half million. That's not bad. All things. I, I don't see us doing that. I don't. I don't see I that happening see because that happening. there's too much of an upside if he comes back and he's healthy and functional. Absolutely. Because you know, like we were saying, aside from you know Brandon Brooks, Dwayne Brown is the best offensive lineman they have right now. You can't just, you can't just be like, he's, eh. he's for a Pro Bowl. I mean, he's been to the Pro Bowl. He, he's he's known for being pretty damn good, and we need whatever we can get at this point and uh you know offensive linemen man they got to protect the quarterback that's big money that's that's you pay the quarterback and then you and then you buy the insurance policy absolutely oh boy um and uh real quick question for you all right any okay if you could if you could get a player or if you could fix a particular position on the texans you know, what would you do? If there was a guy you're like, I would really love this guy on the Texans. Or if you're like, you know what, we really just need to fix, you know, the cornerback situation or the offensive line. Where do you think that the most dire need is? Ooh, good question. I think, um, let's see. Well, the offensive line needs work. Really just like does. we were talking about. The offensive really line, I'd, I'd, I'd probably, I wish we could get two or three guys for the offensive line, but... Oh, that's a that's that's quite a project. If if I'm thinking of, I, I don't have anyone necessarily in mind because you know anyone I throw out would be a superlative. But we've never had um, just a world beater at safety. Yeah, we've never had a, a Ed Reed wasn't that. Good, no, we had <laughs> Daniel Manning was pretty darn good when we yeah. when we signed him from the Bears. We got him the same season we got Jonathan Joseph, yeah, like cornerback, and that. That was the season that really turned our defense around, mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I, Ed Reed was a failed project, and, yeah. and I, w- I would just love to see, you know, um, uh, like an Eric Berry or someone, you know, just mm-hmm. like a, a hard hitter, great player, intelligent uh, ball hawk of mm-hmm. a of a safety who's, who's fast, who can move all over the field, field and be tenacious, absolutely, and knows how to help position everyone else in the in the defensive backfield, and just that's that's where I if if I was picking one player, it'd be a safety. It'd mm-hmm. definitely be a safety. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's a few in the in the league that I could throw out superlatives, you know, big, awesome players that yeah. I'd love to have, but we'll never get right now. Hey, it's a, listen, hey man, do, it, 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 you can always dream. Uh, wrong with dreaming. <laughs> does part of you still? Uh, does part of you miss Wade Phillips at this point? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you, you know, for better or worse, I don't think anyone can deny he he's a darn good defensive football coach, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, okay, good for him. You know, he deserves. Yes, to absolutely. Win. I'm very I'm very happy for him. And and Kubiak was was a a nice guy. He was good for the city, but he needed to go. That was I don't. I don't. Um, I don't have ill will towards him, but it was just it was time it was for time. A change. It was time. It was, I mean, I and Wade Phillips is part of that. You know, it, yeah. he goes on the chopping block too, just like every you know every new head coach wants to build his own uh, coaching staff. So absolutely, can't and, blame it for. And I certainly know about having a great coach 
you know, knowing when it's time to leave. My Eagles yes. had Andy Reid for a very long time. Yes. There were some very, very great seasons. But at well, the Andy, end... Andy Reid is, I would say, a much better coach than Gary Kubiak. But oh, still, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. It was just, even at that last season when uh, the, the Eagles were 4-12, and 12, it was like, yes. uh, you got to get the hell out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Step time into my go. office. Why? Because you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um. All right. Well, listen. Uh, I think we talked a lot about the Texans. We got about a you know almost about an hour's worth of recording in here. Um, is there anything else you want to throw out? Is there anything else you could think of? You want to spitball around regarding the Texans? No, not really. I mean, we covered we covered a pretty pretty big base there. I just I'm a I'm a huge fan. I've I've been going to their games ever since they were created in '02, and um, I don't know. You know, for better or worse, we love them and got a root for them and but doesn't mean we don't have uh opinions about them and no, of course no, of course close i'm glad that there's uh you know there's there was there was a long time where there was no football in houston that's something that wrong was, with that that was rough being a being in high school it was nice to see them come back all my entire middle school life was no football in <sighs> houston so trying to to feel motivated to go out and play football on my own or play for the school was just it was it wasn't the same without having that team we don't it's Houston we don't really have uh, college teams either mm-hmm. you know we are a pro sports city yeah a much maligned pro sports city you're not like but... an Austin with a UT Austin or exactly. a Texas A&M you guys exactly so we t- have we have our teams and the college teams are just not that great do you do you have any like deep seated like maybe allegiance to like the tennessee titans as the former Houston oh Oilers? hell no hell no hell no they left us they gotcha. abandoned us they are they are the they're dead to you they are dead to me indeed gotcha. like it was it was sacrilege to see those oiler uniforms playing in tennessee you know, i was the nothing made me happier than There's when no... they changed the name they're and not I drilling hate, oil hate, in Tennessee. Exactly. And I hate seeing the throwback uniforms. And, oh, and, and no. Tennessee gets to wear the oiler uniforms, and we we don't even have a throwback uniform. So it's it's rough. It's rough. I hate it. And that's it's like why they... it's it's that much more uh, satisfying to, to be able to beat up on the tech, uh, the Titans every, every year. And twice often we get to beat them, so... Beat them like a drum, man. Get that division Absolutely. rivalry all geared up. Let them play Mettenberger all they want. <laughs> oh, it's going to be. Of course, now we're going to have to deal with Mariota. Lunch time for Mister Watt. That's right. <laughs> Hopefully, Mariota's as good of a snack as uh as Mettenberger. Uh, dude, Mettenberger's a pretty tasty snack. Absolutely. He might not be as good as Charlie Whitehurst, though. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Well, listen, I think that's the long and the short of it. We covered a lot of stuff today on the podcast. Sean, thanks a lot for coming on. I really appreciate this. Is there, a, is there anything you want to plug about yourself? Is there any stuff online? Any place? Where, how can we find you? What's the best place to, to contact you in case anybody wants um, to reach out to you? I, I, you know, I don't have a huge online footprint. Um, I've got a Twitter account. Ah. It's, there's not a whole lot going on there. I think what's, it's, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, right now, it's just at sean carey uh uhd which is my my school so it's a s-e-a-n-c-a-r-y-u-h-d all right nice so i'll, I'll tweet at you i'll tweet all right you. all right i uh i occasionally throw out my um opinions on movies and tv and sports like and stuff like that so dude, we like all that here on the podcast all right um well that's cool dude uh Ed, last thing before we let you go uh who's winning the afc south next season 
Who's winning the division? Houston Texans. Uh, of that's course. What I figured you'd say. Of course. Are you sure it's not going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars? Oh, I'm positive on that. Oh, okay, good to know. Don't you worry yourself. <laughs> Well, listen, Sean, thanks for coming on the show. Love to have you on the podcast. I want to have you back on again. You're you're essentially my resident Houston Texans guru right now. So I'm well, thank to you very much. It was, it was a fun time. I appreciate you having me. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. Thank you very much to Sean Carey for coming on the show and sharing his thoughts about the Houston Texans. He's, you know, he's a guy who's watching the team every single year. So I know he's got some good things to say about his team. And I like hearing fans talk about their team. Uh, I love you, Sean. Um, so, as always, I uh, wanted to say, uh, again, I had my first show on Philadelphia Radio today, 610 a.m. ESPN Radio from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I listened to it. It sounded good. I'm feeling good. I'm already starting to record uh, show number two. Going to send serve that up. It'll be premiering next week. Um, yeah, I want to keep saying email me, contact me, samsportsstation at gmail.com, S-M-A-S-S-P-O-R-T-S-S-T-A-T-I-O-N at gmail.com. Find me on Facebook. Find me on Twitter at Smithface Jones. Uh, Facebook, Sam Sports Station. Find my YouTube station, Sam Sports Station. Just keep going. Sam Sports Station's like the brand, and then everything else is sort of part of it. So the radio show is Sam Sports Show, and then the podcast is Sam Sports Podcast. I don't know if this is all going to work or if I'm going to change it later, but I'm just trying to do something here. I'm throwing it up against the wall, and I'm seeing what sticks. And right now, I like Sam Sports. It's a good time. It's, it's where everyone can have fun with their sports. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Anyway, find me, 610amsports.com is where you can listen to the radio show that premiered today. Um, and then always uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, subscribe me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Um, you guys know the drill. I love you. I will talk to you real soon. Take it easy. Bye-bye.